When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast. Scary, scary stories, stories to, to tell, tell on the pod. pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, spooky real things that happen to you that you tell us about. Um, and it is a comedy podcast about those things. So think of it like um, Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion, but instead of a haunted mansion, it's uh, a less haunted mansion filled with funnier ghosts and it did well at the box office. Wow. Think about that. Think about it. Um, it. Anna, it's a Wednesday. It is a Wednesday. And on Wednesdays, we have a little thing we call Urban Legisodes. And (laughs) I've got a real dilly for us today. Oh, I'm excited to find out what it what a dilly is. <laughs> I don't know. I've, the only reason I've heard the term dilly is um, I have a, a a hobby of just watching old interviews with Betty Davis, and oh. she tells this story about um, when she was offered Gone with the Wind, she turned it down by saying, "Well, I bet it's a dilly," and I think that's oh. rude. <laughs> Unbelievable. She lived her good. But anyway, uh, Anna, I'm going to tell you about the disappearance at the Flannan Isles Lighthouse. (gasps) Oh, yes. Yes to the sound of this. This one comes with some twisties and some turnies, and uh, I think we're going to have a good time. I'm excited. Uh, So uh, this is drawing from our favorite book, Wikipedia. Um, I also, I also draw from the Northern Lighthouse Information Board and, um, a website called Skeptoid.com, an article, The Keepers of Flannan Light by Brian Dunning. So the Flannan Isle Lighthouse, um, is near the highest point of Eileen Moore, which I don't know how to pronounce. That's my best attempt at like, um, Tolkien Elvish. (laughs) One of the Flannan Isles, which are also known as the Seven Hunters, in the Outer Hebrides, which I think is how you pronounce that. Uh, But basically, it's a bunch of little tiny rock island formations, too small to be inhabited, except for the lighthouse. There is a small chapel on the island that's dedicated to St. Flannan, though chapel is perhaps too grand a term. It's little more like um, a small stone room. And not far away from that are a pair of ancient stone shelters, collapsed domes of stacked rocks that were only big enough for one person. And it's said that some monks, some monks may have dwelled there, um, but other legends say that uh, every summer there'd be a gathering of gales from Lewis, which is the, the nearest um, uh, town in Scotland proper. Um, they would journey out to the island for a ceremony at the chapel, 
And they said that they found little tiny human-like bones on the island, um, which they thought was evidence to a a race of little people like elves or or fairies or whatever. Um, Or – uh, just another another uh, uh, race of people who were pagans and did rites around the rude stone structures there. Great. So that's the that's the location we're talking about. But this lighthouse is built in 1899. Um, I won't get into the specifics of it. It's a big 75 foot tall lighthouse, but pretty standard. Um, sorry to all the lighthouse nerds out there. We're just not going to focus on that. <laughs> but let's get to this disappearance. So. The first record that something was abnormal on the Flannan Isles was on the 15th of December, 1900, when the steamer Arctor, on a passage from Philadelphia to Leith, or Leith? What do we think? I think Leith. Leith. Noted in its log that the light was not operational in poor weather conditions. When the ship docked in Leith on December 18th, 1900, the sighting was passed into the Northern Lighthouse Board. The relief vessel, the lighthouse tender Hesperus, was unable to sail to Breskleet, Lewis, as planned on December 20th due to adverse weather. It did not reach the island until noon on December 26th. The lighthouse was manned by three men, James Duckett, Thomas Marshall, and William MacArthur, and William MacArthur, with a rotating fourth man spending time on shore. On arrival... So it's a little bit like whose line is it anyway? It's very much... I know. Is it is it Wayne? If it's not Wayne, are we gonna still watch? You know. Yeah. Um, if it's Chip, we'll watch. If it's Chip, we'll know? watch. Sure. If it's Brad Sherwood, we'll watch. <laughs> uh, if it's Greg Proops, depending on the glasses, we'll watch. We'll watch. On arrival, the crew and relief keeper found that the flag staff had no flag. All of the usual provision boxes had been left on the landing stage for restocking, and more ominously. None of the lighthouse keepers were there to welcome them ashore. Jim Harvey, the captain of Hesperus, attempted to reach them by blowing the ship's whistle and firing a flare, but was unsuccessful. A boat was launched, and Joseph Moore, the relief keeper, was put ashore, alone. He found the entrance gate to the compound and the main door both closed, the beds still unmade, and the clock stopped. Returning to the landing stage with this grim news... The clock stopped? Clock stopped. So scary. He then went back up to the lighthouse with Hesperus' second mate and seaman. A further search revealed that the lamps had been cleaned and refilled, and one set of oilskins was found. Uh, Oilskins are like the big yellow raincoat that you always see um, sailors in. Oh, yeah. Suggesting that one of the keepers had left the lighthouse suddenly without them. There was no sign of any of the keepers, neither inside the lighthouse nor anywhere on the island. Um. And then uh, Captain Harvey sent this telegram to the Northern Lighthouse Board. A dreadful accident has happened at the Flannans. The three keepers, Duckett, Marshall, and the occasional, <laughs> have disappeared from the island. The clocks were stopped, and other signs indicated that the accident must have happened about a week ago. Poor fellows, they must have been blown over the cliffs or drowned trying to secure a crane. Also, to be referred to as the, as the occasional, what a bummer. Just call them the Brad Sherwood. I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) It's easier for everyone. Um, So on Eileen Moore, the men scoured every corner of the island for clues as to the fate of the keepers. They found that everything was intact at the east landing, but the west landing provided considerable evidence of damage caused by recent storms. A box at 33 meters, 108 feet, above sea level had been broken, 
That's that's wild. That's very high up. Um, and its contents were strewn about. Iron railings were bent over. The iron railway by the path was wretched out of its concrete, and a rock weighing more than a ton had been displaced. On top of the cliff at more than 60 meters above sea level, turf had been ripped away as far as 10 meters from the cliff edge. So, then the Lighthouse Board does their own investigation. Um, mm-hmm. And this is the statement that was sent to the families of the, uh, the three lighthouse workers. From evidence <laughs> which I was able to procure, I was satisfied that the men had been on duty up until supper time on Saturday, December 15th that they had gone down to secure a box in which the mooring ropes, landing ropes, etc., were kept, and which was secured in a crevice in the rock about 110, feeters, 110 feet above sea. Feeders is feeder. like meters, but feet. <laughs> a couple of feeders. I'm a real feeder. And that an extra large sea had rushed up the face of the rock, had gone above them, and coming down with immense force, had swept them completely away. And then Wikipedia says... Whether this explanation brought any comfort to the families of the Lost Keepers is unknown. <laughs> Which, like, <laughs> probably not. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be a good message, I have to say. So here's... So, okay. On the outset, it's like, sure, creepy that three uh, lighthouse keepers have disappeared. But the, you know, the the prevailing opinion is like, well, uh, uh, a big storm came and they got washed away. But the plot thickens, Anna. Oh, my God. Um, the hell happened? So, over time, a story has developed of the existence of unusual logbook entries. Oh. They have Marshall saying on December 12th that there were severe winds, the likes of which I have never seen before in 20 years. He is also said to have reported that Duckett had been very quiet, and Donald MacArthur, the occasional, had been crying. <laughs> MacArthur also, way to out your friend, yeah, this guy's been Come crying. On. Don't tell people that. MacArthur was a veteran mariner with a reputation for brawling, and thus it would be strange for him to allow himself to be seen crying in response to a storm. Log entries on the 13th of December uh, stated that the storm was still raging and that all three men had been praying. This was puzzling, as all three men were experienced lighthouse keepers who knew they were in a secure structure 150 feet above sea level and should have known that they were safe inside. Furthermore, there were no reported storms in the area of the 12th, 13th, and 14th of December. Okay, excuse me? The final log entry is said to have been made on the 15th of December when there were storms, which says, Storm ended, sky clear, Sea calm. God is over all. Okay. So, so, okay. So terrifying, right? That, um, that w- during the time period when there were storms, they're saying there were no storms, but in the period where there were not storms, they are claiming that there were storms. Weird. So maybe he was saying God is over y'all. Maybe the why <laughs> was sort of. Sort of smudged away. Sorry, God, God is, is God is over y'all. He is over y'all. Don't talk to that fake bitch. I don't want to hear it from him. He has been on my ass since the day we met, and it is not me. It's him. And he is not a woman. He's a man, and he's a bitch. If you're friends with him, you're my enemy. And it's my half birthday, and I will remember who treated me bad. Um, Something like that. So yeah, that was. <laughs> That is word for word what the what the uh, log said. 
That's what I thought. So, the, but there's some, there's a lot of argument over whether these uh, logs are, are accurate or real. Um, an investigation by Mike Dash, um, who's a historian, who's a Welsh historian and researcher, um, claims that the logbooks were fictional and they were later oh. additions to the story. And there was a lot of that happening um, because because like disappearances are just were just as like flashy then as they are now. Um, there were a lot of like folk stories that got tied into it. A lot of like incorrect reporting. Um, one of the most like shocking elements was it was it was widely reported that um, everyone had left in the middle of dinner, like that suddenly something so sudden had like popped up um, uh, that like their meals were still on the table, but that's not true. They had cleaned the dishes and they suspect that the disappearance happened sometime after dinner because all the silverware and dishes were clean and stacked. Um, uh, Interesting. So subsequent researchers have taken into account the geography of the islands. The coastline of Alien Moor is deeply indented with narrow gullies called geos. The West Landing, which is situated in such a geo, terminates in a cave. In high seas or storms, water would rush into the cave and then explode out again with considerable force, enough what? to potentially eject a man from the island itself <laughs> and place them in the water. Which, oh good lord. Good lord. Can you imagine? Can you? Death by death by natural enema? Oh, no. Awful, awful, awful. No. Um, no. But this is confusing because for that to be the cause of it, that would mean that each of the three men would have had to be standing over one of these geos in a way that the uh, like a freak wave came at the same time and knocked them all off the island, which is wild. Yeah, um, that's the, too much. The other thing is these are three very experienced lighthouse keepers who know the rules and um, this idea that they got washed off the side would not make sense because you know that the three, um, all three attendants should never be out of the lighthouse at the same time. Um, e- apparently, even if one needs help, I mean, I'm, I, I can't speak for that. Uh, I don't know if there are any lighthouse enthusiasts here, but it says like, according to the handbook, <laughs> one person has to be in there at all times. Um, that makes sense. It's it's like uh, it's like the register, you know. Right. You gotta have somebody up front. Here we go, Anna. This is where this is where things um, this is where things really kind of pick up. So no bodies were ever found, uh, but there have been some mysterious sights resulting in fascinated national speculation in newspapers and periodicals of the era. Um, certain quote unquote implausible stories ensued such as a sea serpent attacking the men or <laughs> that a giant monstrous seabird carried the men away. Yes, we found our explanation. Ladies and gentlemen, do you have a moment for me to tell you the good news about giant monstrous seabird? <laughs> <laughs> have you heard the good news? And apparently, I mean, here. so I did a lot of research into like, is there any folklore around giant monstrous seabirds in Scotland? I didn't find a lot of that, but I did find that there was a prehistoric albatross, which is essentially a giant seagull um, yes. that had a wingspan of 21 feet, which too big for me. Too big. A bird is fine. A big bird, I have, I, it better be yellow. Yeah. You're allowed to be Look, a bird. You're allowed to be a dinosaur. You cannot be both. You have to choose. I hate to, I hate to break it to chicken T-Rex, but you got to pick which one you are. 
Yes. Um, but then there's also stuff that's like, did they arrange for a ship to come take them away and start new lives? But that doesn't really check out. Um, or that they had been abducted by foreign spies. But then it's like, what spies and for what purpose? Um, or they had met their fate through the malevolent presence of a boat filled with ghosts. Uh-huh. Because apparently there is a thing, the Phantom of the Seven Hunters, which was widely suspected locally as being the cause of it, um, which is kind of back to this idea um, in uh, – which is kind of back to the idea from the Skeptoid article uh, that because there are these ancient runes on the island – that there was some sort of effect that they had that either drove the men to jump off themselves because apparently if we're to be if we're to believe the logs which maybe we shouldn't but if we are that there was no storm of the day but that there was like um either either the spirits on the island were making the men think that there was a storm when there wasn't and then making them believe there uh wasn't a storm when there was heard yeah, very spooky. Spooky ass. I know. And I guess what's – like here's the thing. We've talked about briefly about uh, the movie The Lighthouse, uh, which which kind of loosely references this disappearance in it. Um, I find – I find The Lighthouse very disturbing on several levels. I A, I don't like um, angry masturbation. I'm not yucking anybody's yeah. yum. I just don't – that's not for me – as a thing to watch that I know. And I don't like when it's like shameful and also like the amount of like farting while eating is just not, it's not for me. Right. Right. Um, and, and all, yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't like thinking about how people had to use the bathroom back then. I know I keep it in, you know, <laughs> wait till I leave. Yeah. Hold it. I, I don't know. I don't know what to- you're in a movie. Don't be pooping. <laughs> that, Anna, that's how I feel about people throwing up on film. I'm like, you're in a movie. You can't keep it together. Um, but, Oh, the, I should also mention that the Northern lighthouse board States, uh, we do not hold the logbook, and no one is aware of its whereabouts. Um, but lighthouse logbooks would generally not extend beyond recording tasks carried out at the lighthouse and the weather and sea conditions. So this stuff about, the thing about like, and this guy's crying, that would be very unusual to record in a logbook. Like it would almost seem vindictive right. to do. Yeah. It's like reporting to your boss that someone was crying, which is like rude. So Anna, I don't know. What's your take? What do you think? I, I want to hear more about this ghost ship. That's sounding sort of right to me. So the Phantom of the Seven Hunters... Um, it, it's unclear whether it is a singular phantom, whether it is a boat filled with phantoms, whether it is like a general unearthly pall over the over the seven hunters in general, or what. There are varying accounts, but yeah. um, but one of them I think kind of implies that um, any British presence on the like like anything that's not like native Scottish. Uh, uh, presence on the islands is in danger. I think okay. that's the general vibe of it. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I I think that they they fell out of the lighthouse. They fell right out of it. Yeah, I don't know. Or they all killed each other and jumped out. I guess that's the thing. Like, 
it's very natural for human beings to find patterns and to um, value individual pieces of evidence rather than the whole of evidence. Yeah. And people seem really hung up on this oil skin that's left in the lighthouse. Yeah, because they would have brought it with them. Right, because under because if it was stormy, even if you were in a rush, you'd put on your oil skin, you know? Um, right. And then also people are kind of hung up on the fact that all their beds are unmade um, when it was like a well-known thing in the lighthouse board that you need to keep your living quarters tidy. I don't know if that was just like a new – they you know, having watched the lighthouse, maybe they were kind of just like, whatever, I'm alone on an island. It feels like my th- – I'm going to government cover-up. I think something happened – like is it possible that these men – because they're like – there's no way for them to get to shore, right? Right. Like, do they need somebody to bring them – Supplies and stuff. Right. And and for them like to maybe, arrange to have a ship come pick them up, if that were a thing, they a ship would not have come in inclement weather. Right. I think like maybe that they just like forgot about these men and then tried to cover it up. And uh, like the men like starved to death or something. I don't know. Why did I make that up? That's so depressing. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, I was going to say uh, carnivorous mermaids. I mean, let's not, oh, let's not act like hungry. that's a, not a possibility. Let's not act like it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. A mermaid who's like, I want a hot dog. Right. I, you know, the other crazy thing I'm reading is this lighthouse Anna only became automated in 1971. That's late. That's really late. What is it that moves a lighthouse around? Um, Coal? Oh, and apparently a, a, a worker died during construction. Oh. Which is sad. That just happens. I know. Anything that's built from a long time ago is like a hundred thousand men died for you to have this very tiny bridge. <laughs> it's not good. They're also, I mean, they're, this is, this is treading more into like straight up folklore at this point, but there's also talk of like there being a fourth person on the island who's just never mentioned. Um, oh. Like someone who the lighthouse keepers thought was sent as relief and was just like, not was not affiliated with the lighthouse board. Oh, weird. Um, I think that person did it, but that, yeah, that the only evidence for that is that their food rations are lower than they should be. And that, um, that the, all of the plates seem to have been used, which like, why would that be if there are only three people there and there are plenty of plates, but if you've ever lived with a person, you know that that's just going to happen. It's going to happen. What are they called? The additional, the occasional. The occasional. <laughs> Maybe it was the occasional and the random person on the island. They all had like a big weird dinner party and they got in a big fight. <laughs> you know? Um, okay. What do you think happened? Uh, I mean, I mean, I want to go with monstrous seabird just because it's tidy. Oh, that's right. You said, I'm sorry. You said, yeah, you said carnivorous mermaids. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. But I, I do think, I mean, I do think the monstrous seabird is a tidy explanation. Um, right. Of course. I would there like I'm I'm fascinated by lighthouse scary stories. Um, there was there's this one there's this floating lighthouse in the middle of Long Island Sound, um, where like oh. everybody whoever was there died, and it's very sad. But you can still see the like the floating house when you take the oh. Long Island ferry, which as a kid I was uh, enamored by. I love that. And then. There's that episode of lore about this uh, this story, which is maybe apocryphal, but um, 
there was this incident in Wales where two lighthouse keepers were like at each other's throats in terms of who was in charge of the beacon. It obviously heavily, I think, influenced the lighthouse. And one of the men died in a freak accident, and the other one, who was afraid of being accused of murder, didn't bury him or report it, but um, oh. but like shackled the corpse to the railings of the lighthouse with with like a rope to make it look like he was still fine. What? Yeah. And um, the body was just like up there decaying and the wind was blowing its arm to make it look like it was waving. Um, And then when when the the murderous keeper was eventually found out, he had already gone completely crazy. So like that is wow, that that's probably not true because I there's really no like specific referencing there, but it is a very spooky story. Yeah. yeah, but but I think these disappear. Like I was between this one and another um, at sea disappearance uh, called the Mary Claire. I think it's Marie Claire Magazine. <laughs> oh no, sorry, <laughs> I was. That's exactly what I was thinking. No, but that's what it is. Mary Celeste, <laughs> um, which is a ship whose crew disappeared entirely, and no one has Got any it. idea as to what happened. Um, disappearances are classically scary. They are. God, that's frightening. I know. This one's a lot. And even if even if there is, I mean, like my takeaway from this is the most direct explanation is probably the answer, which, you know, beside Monstrous Seabird is probably like a storm blew them off the island. But all those little details that are like the guy crying, them praying, they should have yes. been totally safe and known that they were safe. So like why would they leave the lighthouse when it's the safest place and there's no danger within it? It's a seabird. It's the seabird. The seabird knocked on the door and was like, uh, candy gram. And then they got taken away. <laughs> Speaking of monstrous seabird, Ladybird is just storming around the house right now. How, what, she's Lady upset bird. about the location of her blanket? Um, she was upset about that before. She requires the blanket to be placed specifically in a square uh, on and near a pillow. Otherwise, she'll just stare at it for hours. <laughs> and you think, okay, well, then just don't move it. And she just will stand and stare at it and cry. Um, no, but right now what we're dealing with is it's 40 minutes before dinner, which is technically dinner time, according to her <laughs> rep. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I'm dealing with. That's witching hour for Ladybird. It really is. Um, well, Anna, thank you for letting me share this uh, um, mysterious lighthouse tale. Andrew, thank you for bringing it to the to the table. My pleasure. Um, I think it might be time for our favorite segment: scary, scary ideas, ideas for things, for things that, that, could that can happen. happen. Yes, um, Andrew. Uh, uh, which one of us should go first? I'm. I have an impulse, and I think I'll go first if that's okay. Okay, great. Yes. You have moved into a new apartment and you're kind of in a phase of your life where you like old tchotchkes and you feel like maybe that'll bring some uh, um, artistic point of view to your apartment. So um, you go to a Goodwill nearby. You're Mm -hmm. looking around the Goodwill, you're looking around the Goodwill, and something about every item in this Goodwill has a negative vibe. Like, it's a lot of baby dolls scowling. It's a lot of um, fake flowers that look like they're, like, wilting and choked. It's a lot of shirts with sayings that that are really aggressive and make no sense. Like, (laughs) 
um, this is my Halloween costume, you idiot. And you're like, why did you need the you idiot at the end of it? <laughs> and um, you, you're, what you're looking for is just like maybe some, maybe some cool mugs. And you go to an attendant and you're like, hey, I'm looking for – and they're like, you better shut up, you fool. And you're like, oh, my God. What is wrong with this place? And you leave. And you look up at the sign. And you see that it's not a goodwill at all. It's a bad will. That, that could, could happen. happen. A bad will. Bad will, baby. Makes you think. <laughs> Ever think oh about that? Oh my <laughs> God. I would hate if that happened to me. <laughs> Come here, ladybird. Um, okay, I have a story based on nothing. Perfect. You are a tiny, ornery, bossy, chunky... <laughs> White Chihuahua <laughs> Terrier mix. And you are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could, could happen. happen. <laughs> oh my God. Can you hear her licking? I can't, but Anna, that might be my favorite. <laughs> it's scary. That's it's the most nuanced and complicated. Ladybird, if anybody has that thing where they don't like hearing people eat, you're killing them, <laughs> which is everyone. <laughs> well, oh Anna, this has been a pleasure as always. Andrew, thank you so much for the research and the craft. Thank you for the patience in terms of me uh, going between um, internet pages to try and find the information that I wanted to read aloud. Oh, I do it every day. I do it every day. Thank you for doing. And everyone else, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at ScaryStory underscore pod. You can send your own scary stories to us at (laughs) ScaryStoryPod at gmail.com. And uh, what else? Get out. Get out. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. <laughs>